Lynn here with the latest Nightlight podcast. Melvin Vallon Parambil is back with us on the show to teach on another timely topic that I know will be a big, big blessing to you. Welcome to Nightlight, Melvin. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. I think this uh, class that I'm going to share with you is called um, Evil and a Good Report. And sometimes we might be thinking that, oh, an evil report means, you know, a report about something really, really bad or something demonic or devilish. But the Bible is, uh, I mean, it's very clear what evil report is and what a good report is and how good report brings the blessings of God to manifest in our lives. And an evil report sometimes keeps us away from the promised land. And so we're going to go to Numbers uh, 13 today to study on this particular subject. The Jews, the Israelites were um, slaves Mm -hmm. in Egypt for a very, very long time. And they've been praying and asking God to please deliver us and give us our own land and give them the freedom. So God raised up Moses and through Moses, he did so many miracles to release and to bring these uh, Jews that were in bondage. And so God had planned for them to have a beautiful land where they didn't have to build houses. They could be living in houses that was already built and eat fruits that they have not planted. And so God had a good plan for them. And of course, this was a physical rest because the Israelites, uh, they were under bondage physically and they were making bricks for the pharaohs. And so it was very tough on a physical level. So now God was going to give them a land where they could be physically rested. And so that's the background of Numbers. Uh, you want to read uh, verse 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that we may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall he send a man, every one a ruler among them. Okay, so God told Moses, of course, now they come close to the promised land. God was telling Moses to choose one leader from every tribe and actually a ruler from every tribe. So these are not people that were just from nobody. Like they were people that God wanted Moses to pick was like leaders and rulers. You know, sometimes we think, oh, the spies were just normal people that just went over. But these guys, they knew, they knew God. They knew what God had done through Moses. And so they were leaders. So God chose 10 of them. And of course, you know, we have Joshua and Caleb. God asked them to ask Moses to send them to the promised land to spy out. Now, this is amazing because God already knew what the land is and he knew who lived there, but he wanted those spies to go and see what kind of report they would bring back. You want to read the next one? And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Okay, so the Bible is again emphasizing that these were heads and not just, you know, servants or normal people. And so they went into the land and they spied out the land for 40 days, just like Moses had told them to do, and then they came back and they had a little report. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land what it is and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities there be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in stronghold. They went ahead and they spied the land and they came back and they came back actually starting off with a good report and how the land is working. So, And they came unto the brook of Eshkol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes and they bare it between two upon a staff and they brought of the pomegranates 
land of the figs. Okay, so they spied out, not only spied out, but they also brought the fruit of the land. And of course, we know these grapes, they were huge, uh, the clusters, so the two men had to carry it. So, so far, they've been bringing back the truth about the land. After 40 days, the Bible says they returned back and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel onto the wilderness of Pharaoh, Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children yes. of Anak. They came back and said the land is flowing with milk and honey. And of course, you know, I believe it's a phrase that says the you know the land is fertile and the cattle and everything is you know is good. And so they really believe that okay, God is going to take them to the promised land and the land that God brought them to is flowing with milk and honey but nevertheless the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great and moreover we saw the children of Anak there so even though whatever they saw the land was beautiful and you know it's fertile but they started bringing about a report and saying that, oh, the children of Anak, the giants live there. You know, the cities are walled. And so basically what they were saying is that, okay, God brought us to this land, but we are not sure whether we'll be able to conquer these people. And so the Bible says they were bringing in an evil report. Now, what is an evil report? It's not in the report that is, you know, these people were lying. These people that came back, the spies, they brought back the truth according to the natural realm. That means they saw the giant, they saw the wall, they saw these people that are living there, but they did not walk by faith, but they walked by sight. They were going by what they saw and not by what God had promised them. And many times in our lives, that's what you know we are faced with. We are faced with the natural truth the truth that is in the world, whether it is a financial problem, a health problem, or a relationship problem, or whatever problem that we have, you know, we tend to look at it by sight. Now the word sight is not just eyes, it's also our different senses, our feelings, and how our carnal mind operates. So these, you know, spies, they were rulers, and God chose rulers for a purpose because that shows that the rest of the tribe is gonna go according to the leader's opinion. These spies came back and they spoke the truth. They did not lie. They did not say, oh, you know, there are giants there, but there were no giants. They spoke the truth, but it is, there's two truths. One is the truth that is in the physical realm or in the physical world that we all face. And then there is the truth and that is God's word. So it's up to us who, what we're gonna choose. And according to what we choose is what we're going to experience. It's quite a pleasant night when listening to Nightlight. Could you please read verse 30? Verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And so Caleb said exactly the opposite of what the other spies were saying. The other spies were focusing on the giants and the walls and how strong these people are. But Caleb was focusing on 
on the promises of God. And so he tried to still the people and say, hey, wait a minute, we can go up right now and we can claim that land because God has already promised it to us. Caleb spoke up with a good report, but by now, you know, the millions of Jews, they, they have been hearing these spies speak a report that was contrary to the report that God had promised them. And so Caleb was speaking by faith, and when he was in the land of Canaan, he was seeing things in faith. That means he was going according to the promise of God, and he was not allowing the circumstances, you know, to cloud his judgment and his decision. But the men the that went up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Okay, so we can see what happens when we walk by sight. All they could see was the obstacles, the problems, and the impossibilities. Whereas Caleb, he saw the possibility because he believed that God had delivered them from all these uh, obstacles in Egypt and brought them to the promised land. So this was nothing. But the spies had already spread this. And they were looking at, oh, these giants, and we were like grasshoppers in their sight, and so we were in our own sight. Now, see, that's amazing, because now they don't even know what the giants were thinking about them. But in their mind, they're already like, oh, we are grasshoppers. And so the God factor was moved out of the picture. Mm. So their minds were going totally by, you know, carnal reasoning and nothing to do with faith. Now, the Bible says faith is the evidence of things not seen. Mm. And so even though they have not seen that God was going to deliver them from these giants, their carnal mind switched into gear, and now they forgot all the miracles that God had done to bring them. I mean, they parted the Red Sea that had never happened before in the history, you know, from their time. They should have been jumping up and down and saying, hey, let's go, just like Caleb. And again, you know, these are rulers. So they are supposed to be the examples of faith and, you know, trusting in God's promises. But these guys, they're turning around and they turn the whole congregation into an evil report. Now, the, the thing I want to emphasize is that an evil report is a report that is not lined up with the promise of God. Anything that's not lined up with the promise of God is an evil report. But a good report is a report that, in spite of the circumstances, believes what God's Word says and, and says, okay, I'm going to stand on this because God promised it. Now, in the New Testament, we have so many promises that Christ has given us, and the Bible says all His promises in Him are an yes or a yea. That basically means that you can take any promise in the New Testament and it is an yes to you, if you believe it. But if you go by the, the circumstances, then it becomes an evil report. And we can see in the next chapter how you know this uh, evil report caused these millions of Jews to wander around in the wilderness. And you know a good report always helps us to move into the blessings that God has already given us. It basically means a manifestation of the blessings we'll be able to partake. Mm -hmm. And see, God had a little test waiting for them. And so the test was that, are they going to walk by faith or are they going to walk by sight? And sad to say, these guys, they started walking by sight and they allowed the sight to bring fear into them. And through their words, fear went into all the congregation. 
till the spies came back the jews were full of hope they had so much hope that oh wow finally we are going to the promised land but these ten spies they brought back a evil report which is against the promise of god and now these people they were all carnal they forgot what god had did i mean they should have gotten up like caleb and said guys it doesn't matter because god brought us through all this we are going to inherit this promised land that's what happens uh, with uh, churches is if the pastor is not you know walking by faith but he's walking by sight then the congregation will also walk by sight and not by faith and that's what i find in many of the churches i go to is that a lot of the people their mind is not renewed to walk in faith you know and so they struggle with everything you know in life we all have the same problems or the same kind of problems but when we move into the realm of the promises of god we move into the realm of possibilities and not impossibilities and let's read numbers chapter 14 the first two and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron and the whole congregation said unto them would God that we died in the land of Egypt or would God that we died in this wilderness I mean this is this is so typical and amazing how you progress from fear into unbelief and then from unbelief you're going to start blaming God or your leaders and Can you imagine God delivered them after many you know I don't know how many hundreds of years they've been praying for and God delivered them and now they're at the brink of moving into the promised land and now because of the fear and the unbelief they're going backwards and now they're saying oh it's better we go back to Egypt into bondage <laughs> and or it is God that you know we die in the wilderness our words are so so important because if the words that we speak in fear manifest or the words that we speak in faith also manifest mm. so just like faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god fear comes by hearing and you know that fear gets us into unbelief and then we forget what god has already done for us and all of his promises the jewish people they listen to the stenspies that brought in an evil report and just like I was talking you know just if the pastor is not staying in faith and walking by faith then the congregation will not go above him unless somebody there is studying the word and then they want to rise up and go on a different level so these uh, Jews they now wants to go back to Egypt or if that doesn't happen they're like okay why don't we just die in this wilderness why doesn't god just kill us i mean that's how stupid we are sometimes when we when we walk by sight we get into all kinds of trouble and even the promises that are just waiting to be fulfilled in our lives we wander in the wilderness for sometimes before we reach that place because we are not entering by by faith but we are you know in unbelief god can stand our sins jesus took care of our sins he's not so much worried that we're going to sin because he knows we're going to make mistakes but what he can't handle is unbelief because unbelief is saying god we don't believe that you can fulfill your promise we don't believe that this time you're going to come through and see those are unbelief and that's exactly what these guys had and moses and aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation and of the children of israel and joshua the son of nun and caleb the son of jephune which were of them that searched the land rent their clothes 
And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, uh, when we are in fear, uh, words that's going to come out of our mouth are also going to be fearful. And uh, we are going to look at the impossibilities. But Caleb here, he's looking and he's speaking faith. See, whatever is in our heart and in our mind, that is what's going to come out of our mouth. Caleb believed the promises of God. And so he's speaking. He's saying, no, let us go. And God delights in us. He will give us this land. Only do not fear who are living in the land of Canaan, you know, those giants. We are much able to go and conquer them. And he's saying now they're going to become bread to us. Remember the chapter before that, the 10 spies, they were saying that the giants eat the inhabitants of the land. And so now Caleb is saying, no, no, they are going to become bread to us. See, the thing is, you know, we, we say we have faith, but the words that we speak is not lined up with faith or with the promise of God. Then we, we don't have faith because the words that come out of our mouth tells us, okay, what, what we believe. Mm. And all of these Jews, they were like, no, let's stone Aaron and Moses <laughs> and let's kill them and let's choose a captain to go back to Egypt. Can you imagine that they already had leaders? They had Moses, they had Caleb, but now they want to choose captain. Who do you think that captain is going to be? The captain is going to be someone that murmurs the most, who's living in unbelief. So they want to choose somebody else and go back. You know, the Bible says things that happen in the Old Testament are like examples to us. It's not that we live by the Old Testament standards, but we can take an example from that and then we can apply it as uh, born-again Christians who we are in Christ. And for me, this really changed my life because I did bring in a lot of evil report with my mouth, you know, in the previous years where I didn't really know about this. And now the Lord revealed that to me. And for me now, I'm, I'm very careful what is the report that I'm speaking. Even sometimes when, you know, uh, I feel a bit sick or something attacks me or I have a pain or something, I want to speak the promise of God first. By his stripes, I am healed. Mm. And then, you know, if somebody prays for me or I pray for myself, but I want to, I want to talk the good report mm. and not the evil report. Now, because I do know that the good report brings you into the promised land in the sense like into the fulfillment of God's promises and an evil report can make you wander you know, for many days in the, you know, in the wilderness of our mind, which is basically, a, you know, a field of unbelief. I mean, thank God that Caleb jumped up and he, he spoke, you know, the good report, but the congregation did not receive it. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs that I've showed among them? I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a great nation and mightier than they. Yeah, so the Lord was, he was quite angry in this, this time because, you know, in spite of everything he did to deliver them from Egypt, now they're murmuring and complaining and they want to stone Moses and Aaron. And so God is saying, I'm going to disinherit them. You know, they're not going to be my people. And he's telling Moses, don't worry about it. I will raise up a new people for you that you can lead. 
but we know the story that Moses mentioned to God that look if you do that then the Egyptians will think that you brought them out of Egypt to kill them here so please let's not do that and so God listened to Moses and he said okay I will not kill them but at the same time they are not going to go into the promised land you can read the and the Lord said I have pardoned according to thy word but as truly as I live all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord because all those people which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers neither shall any of them that provoked me see it but my servant Caleb because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Okay, so, you know, the Lord was not going to kill them, but he said none of these people, basically he said 20 years and up, they will not enter into the promised land, and they're going to be walking around in the wilderness. But Caleb had a different spirit. That means his mind was not walking after sight, but was walking after faith and, uh, you know, in the promises of, of God. In the New Testament, uh, Jesus, when he died on the cross and when his body was broken on the whipping post, according to the Bible, he had supplied everything that we need for life and for godliness. And so that is for us, that is the spiritual promised land. And he has put that in a recreated spirit. So we have it with us wherever we go. And that's why Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. It is within us. But in order to tap into it, we need to access it by faith. In Romans 5, verse 2, it says uh, we have this grace that's supplied by Jesus, but we have to access it through faith. And so if we don't have the faith, then we won't be able to access everything that Christ has for us. You know, people are still begging and asking God, oh God, please do for me this, please do for me that. But they don't believe that the Bible says that we are already blessed with all spiritual blessings. And so God has supplied everything that we need, but if we don't have faith, then we can't access that grace. And these uh, Jews, they were so close. It was their land, God had promised. All they have to do is just walk into the land and God would have taken care of the giants. But they didn't, because one belief, the Bible says they did not enter into that beautiful rest, physical rest that God had supplied for them. But of course, Caleb have to go with the congregation till all of those congregation died in the wilderness that were 20 and up. And, this, and the second generation, Caleb and Joshua, took them into the promised land. So even though God could have let Caleb and Joshua go in, but there was no need because the people were still going to be in the wilderness. And so, of course, Caleb and Joshua. But the Bible says after 40 years, Caleb and Joshua had the same spirit. They were like, let's go and conquer these guys. And of course, you know, they did. So, you know, Caleb had a different spirit compared to all of the other spies. If you were to read the last verse. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so I will do to you. Okay, so here God is going by the words that the Israelites spoke. What did they speak? We read in the, you know, the beginning verses in verse 2, it is better for us to go to Egypt or it is better for us to die in the wilderness. So God is saying, according to what you spoke, it is going to be to you. For every day that they went spying, it's going to be one year. 
So 40 days of, you know, spying promised land. And when they came back, God gave them 40 years to walk around in the wilderness. Now we know that he still supplied for them. You know, he still took care of them, but they could not enter into the promised land. Same thing now, you know, God still loves us. He will still supply and take care of us. But there is a place called the promised land of the spirit that God has already given us in the spirit where we can move in and we can experience peace, love, joy all through the day. We don't have to be defeated by the circumstances that the world is putting up, you know, up against us. And, and basically what it is, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. By God's grace, Caleb was able to bring in the good news, but by now, the evil report had already caused the Jews to fear and get into unbelief. You're right. It's nightlight. I want to just define evil report and good report one more time. A good report is a report that lines up with the promise of God and that believes the promises of God in spite of the circumstances, in spite of what we see with our, you know, our senses or feel with our, with our mind and our emotions. But it is something that is based on the promise of God. You take the promise of God and you just believe it for what it is in spite of what you know the circumstances is but an evil report it can be a good report in the sense it's a report of the of the world it's a truthful report so you know you go to a doctor and you get a report and that is true okay you have some form of sickness and that according to the natural world that is supposed to be a report <laughs> truthful report but when you look at God's word, God's word says something different, then you know, we need to believe that report more than what we see, whether a bank account is going low or you know, something is happening in a place we work. If we go by the circumstances, then we will always speak an evil report. And that means a report that is not lined up with the promise of God. Now, it is not again uh, same as a bad report. A bad report is when you see somebody, you know, killed or someone got murdered and you talk about it. Now, that's a bad report in the sense it was not something good. It wasn't something that was lovely. So bad report is not the same as an evil report, according to the Bible. Mm. An evil report is someone who's walking by sight and speaking what you see by sight more than what faith is telling you to speak. So that's the difference. Of course, we have this example of the Jews from Numbers 13 and 14. But if you look at another person called David, now I'm not going to get into scriptures because we all know the story. David, he was a teenager when this whole thing happened, teenager or maybe an end person. And so he was uh, taking care of his father's sheep. That was his job. He took care of his father's sheep. And one day he was taking, you know, I, I think food for the brothers who were with King Saul. And so when he went there, uh, he saw all the soldiers and even his brothers, they were all hiding, you know, behind the walls. So David was surprised. He said, hey, what's happening? Why are you guys hiding behind the walls? And so they said, oh, you, you know, you, should, you see this man there, the Philistine. He's a giant. He's, you know, his name is Goliath. And he's been challenging us every day for some, someone from our camp to go and fight him. And we can't because he's so strong and he's so huge. And of course, he's a giant. David was surprised. He said, you know, he's a Philistine. You know, he's uncircumcised. He's not under the covenant that we have. We have a covenant from God. Mm -hmm. This guy doesn't have a covenant. So we are under the covenant. Why don't we go and take care of this person? Mm -hmm. And so then he said, okay, so if somebody kills Goliath, what does he get? 
And of course, they said, oh, you know, the king is going to give wealth. And of course, you can marry the daughter of the king. And uh, as a teenager, you know, he might have said, oh, how does the daughter look? That's not in the Bible, but I'm, I'm just adding that to it. David was all excited. So he said, oh, please take me to the king. And so they took him to the king and King Saul now was anointed by the Holy Spirit. You understand? But he was still hiding. He should have been the one out there fighting this Goliath, but he's still hiding out of fear because they saw with their sight and they heard the voice of Goliath and fear came into them just like those Jews did just before they entered the promised land. It's, it's almost similar. But when David was brought to, the, to King Saul, King Saul looked at him and said, oh, you really want to, you know, how can you go and fight this guy? You're, you know, you're still a, still a boy. But David spoke something so astounding. He said, wait a minute, the same God that was with me when I killed the lion and the same God that was with me when I killed the bear, the same God is going to be with me when I kill this, this Goliath. Mm -hmm. See, David was going back and remembering what God did for him. And that was faith. He was talking about, hey, look, I, I couldn't kill the lion. God helped me to kill it. I couldn't kill the bear, and God helped me to kill it. And this guy is nothing because the same God is going to be with me. So the difference between those Jews and David is that they forgot what God did to deliver them from Egypt. And they saw by sight and fear came into them. And that fear was passed on to the millions of Jews. See, fear is contagious, just like faith is contagious. I mean, when you speak faith, people get uplifted. And so this person, David, he remembered everything that God had did and how God had been with them. Many a times we forget how God had done things for us. He delivered us, he gave us finances, he healed us, you know. He helped our marriage to survive. He helped our children to grow, to go to wherever they need to go. All the protection that God had given us, we forget. And so when we face something, instead of going by what God already has done and what he has promised for the future, we get into unbelief and we get into fear. And once you get fear, then your mouth is going to start talking fear and that can contaminate or can you know, discourage so many people that we're still in hope. Saul said, okay, uh, yeah, take my sword and take my armor. And David said, look, I haven't tried it. So I'm not going to go to fight with something that I have not tried it. And so he refused to take the armor on, and all he took was a sling and five stones. And it's amazing. You can see when he walked out into the battleground and he saw Goliath, and of course Goliath is like, why are you sending me a puppy, you know, to fight me? <laughs> because that's all you have. And David said, look, today my God is going to give you into my hands. Today you're going to die, and I'm going to cut off your head. I mean, it's funny because he doesn't even have a sword. All he's ha he has is a sling and, you know, five stones. But he's already speaking faith of what he's going to do and how God is going to give Goliath mm -hmm. to him. And Goliath never heard anything from anybody like that. <laughs> you understand? Here this little guy is coming up and he's speaking words way in advance before it even happened. Faith is that you know the end result from the beginning. See, now those Jews, they, they didn't believe in the end result. You know, they just looked at the circumstance and said, no, we're going to fail. But David is saying, I'm going to cut off your head. None of these things have happened yet. As far as your carnal mind is concerned, Goliath is going to crush David with his bare hands. <laughs> but here, David is speaking faith. He's speaking a good report. He's speaking according to what God had done for him. And of course, you know, 
uh, he uses a sling and Goliath falls down and he goes and he takes the sword of Goliath and cuts off his head. And, you know, we know the end of the story. And, you know, that from then on, people started respecting David for who he is. Mm-hmm. The amazing thing here is that faith does not see the obstacles. Faith rests in the promise of God in spite of the obstacles. David did not have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living inside of him. All he had was an experience and belief in what his God had done. But for us as new, you know, born-again Christians and Christians in the New Testament, Jesus already paid for all of those things. And now the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Like Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. See, we have more promises to go by than David had. See, he only had a couple of experiences, but here we have experiences, we have the Word of God that gives us the promises, and through those promises we can become partakers of His divine nature. We are without excuse. Like, there is no reason why we can't live a victorious life. There's no reason why we should be fearing and worrying about everything that's coming our way. Now, even if we want to speak an evil report, I suggest don't say it. You know, King David said that God, you know, keep a guard over my mouth. So even though we feel fear, even though we feel like we are in unbelief, don't say it. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Don't go running to people and, you know, and throw out all your fears and worries and how God is not doing this. I prayed for that. God didn't, you know, he didn't come through. All of those are evil reports. And when that happens, you're going to walk in the wilderness instead of experiencing that promises that God has already given us. And so we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So if you look at those two examples from, you know, David, he was just a teenager, nobody. He was alone. But all these guys, they experienced more miracles than David did coming out of Egypt. But there were so many of them, but the 10 people that brought in an evil report completely unrenewed the mind of these people. And from hope, they went to fear. And from fear, they went into the wilderness of unbelief. You know, by God's grace, I hope that we can live in the promised land on a daily basis instead of trying to wander in the wilderness of our life. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. And thank you so much, Melvin. If Melvin's classes are a blessing to you and you want to hear a lot more of them, then you'll be happy to know that he has his own page on SoundCloud where you'll find at least 35 or more of his classes with new ones being added every week. Just search on SoundCloud for Melvin Vallamparambil. And I'll also add the link below. Well, I'll sign out here and look forward to you joining me again in just a few days' time for another Nightlight podcast. God bless you. Bye for now.